0: I work with brands like Adobe and Mazda to help them leverage, 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 Technology to go pee-pee and poo-poo everywhere. Good morning, once again, end users. You're hearing me in stereo now, and it's just me again. We're finally getting around to episode 8 of this podcast, in which I monologue to my phone about even more than I do usually, about technology and how I see it sitting here in Columbia, Missouri, so far away from the uh, lords over us. Before I get too into it, I have to say that in this episode, me beginning by addressing you as end users... Well, I'm not sure if it's entirely necessary that I specify that um you be like explicitly unenthusiastic about technology. If that doesn't really make sense. Um I guess I have also tried especially in these past few months to not only be a bridge between developers and quote unquote normal people in that direction. Well, uh upstream ups, downstream upstream leveraged the, from <laughs> I've not only just tried to, to tell the dev- Actually, I've gone the other way. Instead of trying to tell the developer stories to, to normal people, I've tried to see if I could offer any insight um, to software and hardware people uh, who were really deep into it, depending on where they are. Thanks to something... Well, thanks to a, a dynamic that has served me very well, I have gotten to do that. Um, I've gotten a voice in... Uh, I'll buy a albeit briefly, I guess, that's been listened to. I've got an opportunity for people to hear me uh, that I never would have had before. For instance, specifically, I'm referring to a Twitter space full of Microsoft employees talking about VR. And they were like, we're going to conclude, but we're just going to take one more question. And I I just had <laughs> been talking about if This was Microsoft Ignite, which genuinely disturbed me. I'm probably not going to talk about that, though. Um, and they'd just been talking about all the... They were very excited about this about VR and AR which is something that I and everyone I know everyone I know finds bewildering at first um usually then boring and uh well at least for me continuing to um listen to those uh so far west um alien almost basically I I got to poke my head up and be like and you know, it was literally a bunch of microsoft developers and be like yo I grew up on a farm uh I witnessed some like fucking semi satanic shit. I'm like my Judeo Christian like bits really came out watching that. Uh, that woman was dressed like a gypsy and then manipulating a model of uh, the Earth in AR, and everyone was casting la- lasers into a bonfire. I'm talking about a Microsoft Office conference, okay? Um, and I and I was like. Nobody, I, know, I said what I just said to you, is nobody I know has any idea why you're so into this or, like, what you're trying to do with it. Generally, like, across everything, like, VR and AR and just all of it, nobody really knows. Like, a lot of them have VR headsets, and they play VR games every once in a while, but, like, it's very much a novelty, but you're over here delivering, I mean, you're over here, like, developing really hard on uh, what one would call professional VR equipment. Okay, so that was, and someone immediately, a Microsoft developer, and I've forgotten his name, I forget, of course, I've uh, he's on a list somewhere, but I can't remember which one, um, he didn't say, he didn't act like I was a yokel or anything, he immediately was like, yeah, I mean, we're basically just contending with the idea that we're never going back to the office, like, ever again, and all I can tell you is that, for whatever reason, having a virtual space for, reduces fatigue in collaboration. And that was legitimately the first time I'd ever gotten an answer to that question that made sense. <laughs> so, that being said, I mean, it's not like I was like, oh, okay, I want it now. But like, you know, um, that does make sense. I, I think it's uh, probably not what I would be focusing on right now as a Microsoft employee. Um, in fact, if I was, well, if I was leadership at Microsoft, um, I don't know, we all have one of these that's kind of a joke, but File Explorer, there is a new one. You can get it now. It's in beta. It has been for years available. It's been, it's like, at least 2019. But I, I can't verify that. Uh, I, I promised, though, I was using it. Um, I don't really like it because... Uh, well, I won't get into that. It's not really important, but, like... And that's the thing, is uh, having gone really deep into the iOS community in the past few months, which you wouldn't know if, for whatever reason, you're only... You are consuming this in the future as some sort of uh, artifact... Well, I'll try to I'll try to optimize for you too. Um, let me let me do my summary of this. Actually, no. Before I do my summary, I'm sorry. Why I didn't follow you back on Twitter? That's the whole fucking thing. Uh, there's a follow limit on Twitter. As in, if you follow enough people on one account, eventually, depending on uh, some parameters that that they have actually documented, but they were, did not used to be documented anywhere. Uh, at least they weren't when I hit the limit. Um, if you follow a certain amount of people, uh, before you, before your ratio of people, they like follow you back, quote unquote, um, eventually you'll get to a point where if you tap the follow button, uh, Twitter will say you can't follow any more people right now. And that point is the one in which I've been living uh, since at least October 2017. Um, and yeah, I want to make if I don't get anything else out, all this stuff that I've been working on, if I die after this, uh, at least I got up that document in the form of a, tw- of a GitHub gist, and I know that that does not make, it's, it probably doesn't make sense. Um, gists are basically, like, pastebin. If you know what pastebin is, gists are pastebin, but with, like, uh, basically a little bit of version tracking um but if that's just too much uh there's a medium post too and obviously i have an incentive to like distribute basically i i so i might as well go down that i um i've gotten some more followers uh recently and and um i have uh acutely noticed in at least a handful of cases um we i people follow me, uh, because we've had some sort of interaction, um, and then, uh, a few days later they unfollow me, um, and I, I mean, I've, I'm going to be talking about my, the way that I use social media today, um, not in a, I mean, it's gonna come across, there is some, like, uh, there's definitely some, like, bias and, like, a sense of superiority, but, like, it's not, ultimately, um, and of course, like, the only reason that I would ever condescend is because I'm trying to help you, or at least I don't know. Anyway, um, so I guess, uh, and this has been chronicled in this podcast, um, I seem I've continued to use Twitter more or less in the same way. I mean, it's this is, it's, it's an exaggeration, but it's basically the, on the same fundamental motivations um, as I did when I first signed up in 2009. Which is to say, basically that like um, it, I, re- I just like reply to basically anyone that that I see. Any uh, I regularly reply to strangers. Um, I regularly pop in threads that um, were already well established, quote unquote. God, I'm sorry, but using that term on uh, the like uh, you guys have forgotten what what Twitter is for. Um, I've just continued to do that, and I've uh, I don't know. I'm I've also continued to becoming a much more empathetic and sincere person, um, which is a component of that for sure. Uh, And it's one of the reasons, it's one of the only reasons why we continue to do it because I don't think that, um, like, I don't think that thing that I just said where I pop into thread uh, just to say something that makes people think I'm funny, um, I will get, that's what I get rewarded for. uh, And that's the problem. But that's not why I'm doing it. Like, that's not the only reason. I I do not engage with people for my own entertainment alone. It's not to say I'm a a philanthropist. Um, Of course, stepping back here, what I'm basically just... We're, like, rebuilding a framework of normal human conversation, right? Which is cool. I'm doing that as a person, too. All right. So that... I guess maybe that explanation has been taken care of. Um... I want to write about it, but I also, like, I keep setting my scope alarm off, as in things keep getting out of scope, because, especially anytime I write about social media, because there's so much to say, um, because the writing process and, and the reading process, and thinking about my own, thinking about myself and my own relationship with social media, uh, and this is, I know that every, we're all doing this, Gia Tolentino did it, and she did it in a way that was amazing. It's a book called Trick Mirror, by the way. She's already done it, so why am I doing it? Uh well, um, I'm trying to just figure out how to have my own communication skills, which I feel are incredibly inadequate, basically. Uh and yet I encounter just regardless of, of like the actual truth in, in the amount of people that I encounter that have um big blind spots when it comes to communication. See, I'm going off the scope anyway. Again. I don't know. I'm trying to figure I don't know, man. That's something I also I, I know that I, I have a tone of uh confidence, I guess. Um, and that's definitely a like a pride thing for sure. But I also realized that uh I mean I think I've been more and more sincerely emotional or since like transparent, sincere, expressive of how I feel about these things. Um, like vastly more expressive than I used to be, or maybe I always was someone who was moody about them. I don't know. That's also been casted out. Basically, I, w- I want to express to you that um I am just trying to figure out anything. Uh, and, well, I guess it, it, it's resulted in that, like, w- the project that I've just set out upon is one that I never thought I would do, and that is to write the definitive reference guide to using a Bluetooth keyboard with an iPhone. Um, and I want to do it because, and I've been, you know, Playing around with Git and, and uh, which, by the way, I was it was just an experiment the last time I talked to you. It's basically my whole process now is using GitHub, I should say, because it's not just Git, really. It's GitHub-specific features as I have appropriated a GitHub as my note-taking tool. And I'm writing in public, and you can view anything that I'm doing at any time, basically. Um, I don't say that because I think you're going to. I say that because you really should reconsider how little people give a fuck about what you're doing, those of you that are worried. Um, yeah, if I can express, like, if that helps, if that makes you feel good, uh, I'm very confused about everything. Um, I don't know. I, the thing is, like, I don't feel, I, I should feel like I'm in a really bad spot in my life. Uh, but to be honest, I feel like... Something has changed recently in my understanding of what I should be doing generally uh, and what I've been doing wrong. Um, that being, I don't think I fully realized uh, the mentality that one needs in order to make things that have value to other people. And that that's what I've wanted to do all along. But yet, uh, whether it be my privileged upbringing or this bull bear society, that's something I've, been heard, I've just heard in the past few days um i some sort of there was some sort of block in my understanding of how to produce things of value to other people and i think it had something to do with like uh and this is as much my fault as it, as it is as anyone else but like uh and and of tremendous privilege but being told that i was special and i could do anything i wanted as a kid um and i mean i was smart in in a very specific way uh actually and that <laughs> this might be telling i did. Uh the only documented way in which I am a genius is in my ability to um use what 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 we call then context clues in order to understand um the definition of a word for instance uh but the thing about that is, is what that's really saying is that I'm good at making it. I'm good at guessing. And I don't want to guess anymore. And I don't want to uh, suppose anymore because supposition, even if it is from someone who is um, off the charts at it, that's like the, that's like the last thing that I want to be off the charts on. I want, I uh, like, a fundamental shift in my life has been, uh, I believe that I could glance over the details because they were for the people, the, the, the neckbeards, the people like the nerds, those are the, the detail people. Um, and that's just not true. Or at least, I don't want it to be true anymore. I like. I guess I used to find little things bleak, but I found that this is actually very topical. And yes, this is going to be very much a abstract one of these, because uh, it's also going to be very detailed, uh, because I've been doing detailed things, but they've added up to, to some very abstract um, changes. Um, now I, f- I keep finding little corners, little projects on GitHub, uh, like that spark joy. I don't know why. I don't know why it suddenly does. It may be because, <clears throat> I mean, I think that like the suggestion of the people around me is like, man, you really are lonely, but that's the thing. I don't, I, it, I'm not, um, I'm moving very slowly, but like, I feel like I've sincerely communicated more in the past six months than I have. Ever. and it's hard uh, it's frustrating and it's and it's um, like especially because I confuse I've been confusing a lot of people um I think uh, I don't know since being sincere I've found uh, <laughs> if anything people under, people don't get it it's like they that's a blockage to communication which I understand but yeah um, the new sincerity uh, creative wellness I've used that on this podcast before. That is not happening, by the way. I, I should say, while I have been um, much more healthy in my social interactions, um, I, I've struggled to stay on task. Um, and I want to say it's because of that some block had just been removed and all of a sudden, all the little detailed things that I ignored and I was, like, literally seemed insufferable to me. Like, I mean, just even, like, basic math. Um, all of a sudden, like, I'm actually experiencing true nerddom i think uh and it's not a replacement for genuine long long long-term um organic wants but uh it's very it's very therapeutic and i under i finally understand why um and i hope i guess i would ask that even though i shit on you nerds makers engineers neckbeards even though i shit on you relentlessly i'm still gonna ask you to bear with me um why? I, uh, learn why I was such an idiot, but, uh, and yeah, I'm going to take your spaces, but I paid for my GitHub repo, you know? So yeah. Okay. We're going to, I'm going to focus on something specific here. Let me reframe. I don't know what, uh, what date that was actually, but we're jumping ahead in time to May 22nd, 2021. And we're also, um, wow, producing levels, doing the first live end-user recording. Naturally, it would be uncouth if this podcast were to feature anyone but myself monologuing. So by live, I simply mean that I'm sitting in a Twitter space with just myself and I. Um, and uh, I, th- I, I hopped off before by saying let me reframe. Um so I want to I want to address these uh assumptions about social media use that I whipped up. I should have begun with them. Actually I don't even remember, <laughs> I remember if I wrote them down. Um they're actually on the one document that I do not have pulled up. That's fine. Who are you anyway? Uh oh no they're here. They're here. I don't want to well, I guess I should just read them out. I'll put them in the show notes. Basically Okay, let me sum them up. One, for most mainstream social media users, no amount of, like, marketing talks, uh, conversations, um, no amount of tuning in to whoever the fuck, um, even Oprah Winifrey, no amount of optimization will ever result in a substantial, like, accumulation of money or influence or, which I guess is power, And I would bet my net worth, which is actually negative. So maybe I don't know what to bet. I'll bet my phone. I'll bet you my phone that um, the number of actual marketing authorities, like professors, industry pros, who would advise you to spend your time, like, who would advise you as a marketing acolyte, as someone who has expressed only the sentence, I want to get into marketing. Nobody would answer you by saying, you should go on Twitter or you should go and squat in some Clubhouse. room. I'm sorry. And it's crazy that like I can say that definitively and it be not common knowledge. Now, that's that sounds condescending. I don't know. That's the thing is like the stuff, the, the content that I'm reacting to here on Clubhouse, the leverage, leverage, leverage. Um, titled today, this isn't exact, but it was how to, um, it was a different word than leverage, but let's how to leverage your podcast to, um, I can't even use these terms to optimize your brand. Okay. Um, you know what? I'll address that one individually. Okay. There were like 300 people in there. All right. The only people that should be worried about, um, the way a podcast that they're working on reflects their brand is if one, they already have like an established in like use, uh, product. They already have an established product. For instance, there's a local um, marketing company that's all run by all women. They have a podcast, and it has lo- has local ads in it. But it has, I mean, and it does, I think, or have some potential, maybe, to um, uh, gain them something. But what it mostly is is a chance for um, the founder to sit down with some other professionals um, and basically whoever. And talk about stuff. And yes, it's it's still professional. Anyway, um, the only people that should be going in there, that should be spending their time, especially their professional week time on attending talks about how to optimize a podcast in order to sustain or or fulfill a brand are prospective NPR employees or Gimlet employees or, um, or you have an, a business plan. Okay. I, don't know, I can't believe I'm saying this because what I'm doing is giving advice on something that I know nothing about but i know enough to know that your prospects like if if i don't know who you are let's say you have pr experience let's say you live in california and you're one person and you got a college degree and you've got 10 years of experience at a uh in tech okay and you're all of a sudden your prime directive is i need to make a profitable podcast and i need it to happen i need to spin it up as soon as possible that's a hard fucking job dude um like i don't know if i can say that enough it's very unlikely that you will succeed in any reasonable time um an example. you know what this is a good time to use an example matt farah this at the smoking tire i watched him when he was just a camcorder making uh like he was showing up to, to random car events in like 2007 six um now he has a profitable media business auto media business um, notably a second business that has nothing to do with media at all. It's car storage, but it's much more it's like a, the, um, absolute premium car storage, <laughs> uh, Westside collection car storage is what it's called. And he has a podcast and that podcast is routinely in the top five automotive podcasts, uh, in any aggregator that, uh, you might find. And it has been for... Longer than most of those aggregators have been op- in operation seven years, five years, 10 years. The Smoking Tire podcast. Um, and it is largely dudes shooting the shit. And I would almost, like, I bet they make a substantial amount of their income on that podcast. Mostly because if I know Matt, and I should, uh, I've been reading and listening to him. I uh, like, I mean, as long as I've been on the internet, basically. Um, and like the only reason that he would continue to invest as much as he has in, the, in the, the smoking tire podcast, um, is that it ha- is it's definitely got to be a profitable business. How long did it take? I mean, they're, they stopped counting a long time ago. It's literally like 1500 episodes or something. Um, and I mean, he has like fucking Joe Rogan and Jerry Seinfeld. He's been on Joe Rogan, and Jerry Seinfeld and whatever Matt Farah. Like there was maybe some luck, but like, I don't know anyone else who hustles as much. And that's the thing we talk about hustle, right? But like none of that hustle was ever sitting in a conference call. Um, You know, I guess I should ask Matt, but that will be an interesting conversation. My first one-on-one conversation with Matt Farah, a hero of mine. I'm sure it would be on that subject of how to get there anyway. They talk about it all the time. Anyway, number one, that's basically it. It's social media, Twitter, Clubhouse. is certainly is like far, far, far from the first place you should be investing your time if you want to um, proceed, if you want to become a marketing professional. Two, I didn't word this very well. I did not revise it at all, by the way, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's pretty good for that. Those Twitter was designed upon certain frameworks with certain rules which form quantifiable formulae where they are dependent upon a user's choice methodology to produce results, which we have indeed become more adept at predicting with study over time. It was not created as a game to be won. Perhaps most importantly, the prize, quote-unquote, of quote-unquote winning in the sense held by those who resist this assumption, uh, notoriety, influence, relevance, has continued to prove ultimately worthless or worse time and time again throughout the very short history of the cultural element as it exists today. Okay, there are are people, let's accept the term influencer as um, important, relevant to modern times. Let's accept it as an industry even. Think of your top 20 influencers that come to mind um that have any longevity okay so not uh not someone who i don't know blew up on tiktok for six months that's okay i'm saying god i'm sounding old because i don't actually know i've never seen a case. So let me re- just redact that um some sort of longevity some sort of stability in producing online content they started from youtube basically right the vast majority of the people that you that come to mind uh for my generation I justine uh it's not that she wasn't on other platforms it's not that she doesn't have an anchor podcast now but YouTube is where it started um Marquez Brownlee YouTube um now twitch uh with the exception of like nobody has no full-time influencer no individual whose like primary profession is existing as an influencer began on Twitter Um <laughs> Yeah, um I don't know I'm focusing on Twitter even though I'm it, with Clubhouse, but the the reason I'm doing that is because um well for one thing I guess Twitter is a space I know. I've been there over a decade, you know, every day. Um but uh and we're getting to what I'm referring to, what I'm reacting to. You know what? Let me continue with these assumptions I got to get these out of the way. Three. So if both the one one and two, we, we agree that one, there it is unrealistic to like start with Twitter if you want to build exposure or whatever financial prospects Two, um even if you did set out to win twitter by the data um quantifiable means of quote-unquote succeeding at twitter having a good ratio your rewards for that um are very little i don't know you could probably get like you could get a, a flash mob together <laughs> or something equivalent you can you can direct people but like i mean elon musk um Let's say like now it's not a example. You, uh, I was gonna say if someone had somehow with only being a Twitter user acquired the amount the following that Elon Musk has, which is impossible, even that, you can influence markets, but like no, because that's the thing, there's no capital. there's no capital. It'd be a Twitter user. Anyway, so, three, if if both of those pass scrutiny, the only remaining reasonable prerogatives in an individual's social media use is to engage with both strangers, friends, and acquaintances, so all, in a manner which generally adds value to the lives of all involved. I'm just going to go straight. Four, three, that last one, is not only possible, it is easily reproducible. Then again, most of my evidence is centered around my own experience, um, but uh, I'm sure if I had a grant and a year to, to academically explore that, I could find many examples. Five is a disclaimer. It's basically some I'm talking about my methods as alternatives to the to the uh, behavior that I see on social media. Um, and I just want to state that uh, I wouldn't even prescribe them as the cure, um, quote unquote. They're not. They're certainly not they may be like components of a of a quote unquote solution in there. But mostly, it's just a critique. Okay, that's all I'm trying to do. Um, and I, I guess, I guess this is the first time that I'm really trying to tiptoe into providing an alternative. Now we're testing Clubhouse, and I think the levels are about right. This is me being animated again. Okay, okay. I think I figured it out. So we'll see. Oh. Mm-mm-mm. Well. Now I'm on Clubhouse. And when I say I, it's both I and Extra Tone. But of course I couldn't name Extra Tone, Extra Tone. So it's David, blue, but with the Extra Tone logo. I'm sitting in a public room entitled Against Social Media Methodology, hyphen recording, in parentheses, come in. I'm disrupting Clubhouse right now and I'm leveraging my, I don't know, multiple phone numbers. (laughs) Big assumption. Um, wow. So I haven't actually talked about the specific methods that I am against, specific methodology that I am writing slash recording this to argue against. And um, you know what I'm gonna begin with fucking emojis. I don't I've never seen such rampant, obnoxious emoji use as I have on Clubhouse. And it's not like I love Unicode. I love emojis, frankly. Uh I'll take Unicode over emojis, but you know. Uh, Yes, I understand. But other Unicode characters, anyway. Uh, and yes, I like the argument is not funny. Well, it is. I will argue, unironically, that emojis are part of a uh, like part of the progression of language. Um, however, that's not the way they're used here. Uh, they're just overused to the point where. Um, oh god I'm using the word readability from an entirely different rant uh that I'll get around to on this podcast feed before I die um but yeah it's just I don't I don't know I, it's so universal on this app while I'm talking about it um, another thing that I mentioned in the written post and here's the creepy chair that uh, I hopefully will be posting along with this podcast with this podcast embedded um is so one I want I'm gonna say my Twitter account, at Neo Yokel, follows over 5,000 accounts, um, and I believe that list to be particularly uniquely diverse, Um, not only in a I'm a better social media user than you move, and I am impervious to filter bubbles uh, sense, but, um, so, one, I basically never unfollow anyone. Uh, I have blocked one Twitter account. uh, Like legitimate Twitter account. And most of the time I don't even have to block like the spam accounts because I can handle it. Uh, Actually you can call me out on this because I think the screenshots. I think I have like a few muted accounts, but it's like the Denny's account and drill because I just, the jokes, uh, no. Uh, And that's definitely personal preference. I'm not going to argue that uh, in order to optimize, you have to block Denny's immediately. That's what I'm saying. Um, okay. How long is this? This is going to, might be four hours. Who knows? Uh, so I said, I, my follow I follow a lot of people. I was a libertarian asshole when I was 15, to 16, and 17. Um, and when I say libertarian, I mean, uh, I found the very absolutist simplified, um, I don't even say arguments statements of like the objectivist, Randian, uh I guess as a young man, um, I found those really comforting because they were they sounded so assured of themselves. Maybe I'll talk about that another time another time. Uh I was not as you I'm never I'm never good at being a part of a community. So literally my first taste not of actually interacting with the community, but like, um, I mean, basically when I realized who most libertarians are, on face-to-face. Um, that's on face to face, um, ceased. But the people that I followed, and there weren't many, I can think of one specifically who's still, it's the same profile picture. Um, his name is Ronnie. It's vague. Same at, and he posts Ayn Rand quotes all day. And I assume I like, I don't look at my timeline ever, but I happen to, I you don't know, I came across him but uh and this is someone i followed in like 2011 12 probably 2000 2011 um i'm not gonna unfollow him but uh well because i don't look at my timeline for one thing and he's not on any of my lists probably should put him on a list uh i also wouldn't mind i guess i can't i don't see it as like a th- threatening thing for even Ayn Rand quotes to be immediately outside of my sphere or maybe poking into my sphere every once in a while. Um, It does not pain or like physically uh, hurt me um, to accidentally come across one of his tweets. Um, It's a reminder that like, holy shit, the guy is consistent. That's for sure. Uh, Also, he's a nice dude. We talked. um, Yeah. Anyway, um, so I don't, I don't unfollow. Like I was into tactical shit in 2009 when I was a young man. I never unfollowed any of the tactical dudes, not in fancy, um, whom I love uh, and look up to. Except, <laughs> uh, Trump is one of the that's one of the people that like I could not fathom why I lost them to Trump. But anyway, um, uh, let's see. I think, um, oh yeah, the stop Coney thing, um, in 2012 probably unfollowed that, um, uh, I think I unfollowed the president's account, uh, you don't, anyway, that's enough detail. Basically, I should, I don't unfollow anyone, okay? Um, and I follow, uh, not indiscriminately, I guess since I'm discussing my social media methodology today, um, in doing research for this, I came across uh, a piece on Wired and a piece on the New Yorker. New Yorker pieces by Anna Weiner, who I could have sworn, could have sworn that I've, that I put on my, on at least one of my Twitter lists before. But nowadays, I literally, anytime it occurs to me to check just to make sure I do, because guess what? She wasn't. Um, yeah, I can't, <laughs> because I can't follow This is my equivalent. But like, if I could, that follow button would definitely like, basically, everyone at wired a publication that i subscribe to i should be following there's no reason i have the tools twitter lists to disseminate i like can fit like i'm at filtering um following is if i could still do it would basically just be accumulating um connections yeah uh that i don't want to lose for whatever reason and it's down to like i saw someone say one clever thing about oh let's say uh (sighs) Someone's, this is actually, this is my bias. Here we go. Here's my filter bubble. Someone say anything, even like, just make a kind of funny joke, making fun of crypto. Um, and then I look at the profile and they mention uh, that they um, are researching, or that they uh, are doing like, um, uh well, okay, geological research. Okay. But they're using some, um, like, it's like a modern thing, modern process. And they're working for a company. It's owned by uh, John Deere. So that's pretty far out from most of the stuff that I seek out day to day. But that kind of thing is tantalizing. Like, I don't, what if I come back to that? What if I see that? So I probably put them, let's say they uh, are in the Midwest. I put them on my home Twitter list. And um, if they're like, God, this stuff's awful. Uh if they're if they appear to to be uh maybe like not one hundred percent heteronormative, uh, or at least like there's a difference between being like just existing in heteronormativity and then being uncritical of it. Anyway, if they're cool, I'll put them on my the new the Twitter list, whatever. Okay. Um this is one of my peeves, which I probably should I should have split all this out into an outline, but I'm not going to, that I uh brings me to my view about thanking someone for following, especially on Twitch. So on Twitch, um, you there's, I don't know, there's two levels, basic levels, right? When I go onto a Twitch streamer's uh, profile, let's uh, I get links to their stream. The other day, actually, example, the other day I, f- I came I, uh, across a dude who was on Vatsim and um using a flight on Vatsim, which is like he was simulating a a, a uh, commercial jet flight as the the pilot in command. I you know I've talked about Vatsim if you don't know what it is. Anyway, I was surprised to find that Vatsim has been thriving. Glad to find that batsman has been thriving. Um, I found this guy and like I landed when he he did the uh, cabin announcement to you know digital passengers and he made a point of speaking it aloud and there was like twenty other people watching. Um, and it wasn't I don't know it wasn't a delusional man uh enjoying a fantasy of being a commercial pilot. It was a routine. That's something I've, I'm working on in my life. So that's all it took. I hit the heart. Okay, so that's following someone. I'm gonna call it following. I'm not sure. Um, all that there's zero consequences unless there's a Twitch follow limit, which I may hit someday. Um, I didn't pay him. Um, at least for me, I, maybe it's because I am not like, well, uh, I am not like a even regular Twitter or Twitch user. I'm an intermittent Twitch user, but like, um, all that means is he's going to show up in a feed by default and I can immediately remove him with like going through three menus. Okay. There is zero consequences to me hitting the heart button and putting him on my master list of social contacts and yet twitch streamers feel the need to thank people for following them and of course like i'm not saying like Fuck you for thanking me um i'm saying the stigma for god's sakes i wish it would go away but like the pressure to thank people for just following now if i had done the second level and subscribe and like right there pledged ten dollars a month that makes sense that's something to celebrate but um and i Not doing a very good job, but okay. I want you to see there's a connection between that threshold on Twitch between a free follow and a paid pledging subscriber. The delusion about that threshold, as if the follow like following is um increases my chances of pledging by like 3000%. It's probably something like five percent, um, right? That delusion now take that compared to podcasts, okay? Um, let's say, or Well, let's do we're doing the audio thing. So podcasts that are listener supported with Patreon or now iTunes subscriptions. I mean, like thanking every single like if you could track down um, the just someone who added their RSS RSS feed to their aggregator. It'd be like tracking them down and like thanking them publicly for that. That's the now again if they became patreon supporters there's that is uh but like uh, i don't know maybe i'm not being insightful there but i hope uh so i was how i follow people we're getting back to or that was a big tangent we're coming back we're coming back so my following list is pretty diverse right um but if i do a twitter search for the root url of clubhouse join clubhouse.com in quotes live and then select only people i follow um it is literally the only people that i follow at 5700 across uh the auto journalism sphere that's a big chunk um tech journalism uh libertarian edgy libertarians um weird twitter um electronic musicians uh probably some the like edgy shitty twitter uh and then toss in some vine influencers vine quote unquote influencers some, some, um, old school viners and nobody, basically nobody, but Chris Messina and Jason Calacanis, who are two tech personalities, um, uh, is back, back as far as I was willing to go. Now I linked in the post, in the actual posts, uh, I got, I'll put it in the show notes too, the link that you can just click and it'll do the same thing for you to see like it pre those options. Um, but yeah, so what that means is that no one, certainly not, none of my friends have ever share a clubhouse link um, and if any of them were using it regularly or honestly at all likely that they wouldn't post it on Twitter because these people like this is how I we grew through Twitter uh, is strange like the explanation they would be a sh- like the only explanation uh, of someone who is, is regularly using clubhouse that is a Twitter friend and not sharing it is a shame I don't know uh, it's not happening nobody I know none of my friends and none of my like acquaintances Twitter acquaintances and nobody I'm like, I have ever been interested in since I was 14 on Twitter, having followed recklessly to the point where I hit the block or hit the limit. And uh, years ago, nobody has tweeted clubhouse links this year, except to you. So if if nobody out of that, all those groups, and nobody I know is on clubhouse, you know, here's the, the, the quote, oh, who the fuck is, right? Um, and that's, Like, there's my one, and uh, I think I talked about them, but I'll do it again. There's No Thoughts at Empty, that group. Now, they're an exception from all of this. But otherwise, um, just roaming around Clubhouse, uh, popping in and out of of big talks that have, like, 300 people in them, hosted by, um, like, okay, let me just read one. I'll just read one. All right, I'm going to do it real detail now. This is Mitch Joel, at Mitch Joel, um, 9,000 followers. Waving hands emoji, clubhouse, clubs, hyphen, thinkers, infinity, comma, digital transformation and no treble, waving emoji. My rally creator, uh, I'm assuming that's a baseball emoji, is cash tag right, R- W-R-I-T-E, all cap. A link trailing, guess what, it's Mitch Joel. A bullse- bullseye darts emoji, I work with brands like Google, Walmart, Shopify, Starbucks, Microsoft, Procter and Gamble, Twitter, Unilever, when they want to leverage technology to better connect with their consumer. (laughs) Rocket emoji. I spent close to two decades building and in eventually selling my marketing agency to WPP, I don't know, one of the most valuable marketing communications holding companies. Before leaving agency life, I was president of Miriam, a marketing agency operating in 25 countries with close to 3,000 employees. I am now founder of Six Pixels Group an advisory, investing, and content producing company that is focused on brands, commerce, community, and what's next. Now, this is a... Uh, his own, there's three gold medal emojis in line breaks. The first one, Thinkers 50, hyphen, Radar 2021, second line, gold medal, 100 coaches, hyphen, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, gold medal emoji, Canada's top 40 under 40. Now, if I were to ask you to, just give me a picture of what you would imagine like most of what this man has done professionally, like his actual day-to-day actions, the actual output of his day-to-day uh, professional actions, productive actions. Can you give me 25, a marketing agency operating in 25 countries with close to 3000 employees? I like, I really do understand. um, I think I understand media and public relations and um, uh, advertising and marketing to an extent. Um, And I cannot fucking imagine, like, I don't nothing that i see in his bio and i guess nothing in my bio either but like if i had if i had t- we're we're taking this much space in my bio um i would definitely want to talk about something like concrete that i actually produced like a project that i was on a project that i was on even but nothing specific and i'm picking on mitchell i'm sorry mitch um i guess if by some ridiculous cert, uh Coincidence, you come across this someday. Uh, hit me up, and I will take it down. Maybe I should talk about that. Uh, do I have another, another example? Um, here's an cl- a, a actual room. This is uh, this is all from screen grabs, by the way, uh, that are on the post. It's from the same Apple Frames post, uh, the one that has the black Elon Musk screenshot. Um, I don't even. None of these room titles. Find your north hyphen a creator's journey to self discovery. Um, This was at noon on weekday uh creating an ultra mindset discussions with ultra adventures that's like a specific company i'm assuming um sips and strategy with brian calhoun 25 people um holistic entrepreneur hyphen building your culture from startup club uh that was like 4 p.m and okay none of the people i guess my original point was like i follow like honestly like uh a lot of for one thing a lot of the auto journalists that i've read and followed and corresponded uh with on Twitter um like it's a thing that they go into PR okay so i have like and uh when i pull up like the twitter profile for for these people i'm i don't we don't connect at all um and i just wonder like how much bs is happening how much human time is being spent on bs uh and surely it hap- i don't know Like, it has to be a clubhouse thing. Nowhere have I ever seen so much meaningless shit. And, like, I am not the type to tear into it. But, like, literally, where I... I have seen like so, or it's been so overwhelming where I can't uh, find anything concrete, And yet everything I'm sifting through has got hundreds of people sitting, listening. I understand that a lot of them are, can be at work and listening, but like, and then the actual hosts talking, I'm rambling now. This is definitely rambling, I'm sorry. Um, But like just sitting and and doing like those exercises where it's like, okay, I'm gonna sit, and I'm going to summarize the argument that, that person just made. And it comes up empty every... Uh, you know what? I'm going to actually cite uh, the New Yorker feature on Clubhouse. Okay? It's by, I guess, Anna Wiener. Um, I hope it's that's the right pronunciation. It's from March 31st. Two big quotes stood out to me. I think you should definitely read this. Uh, I have a Markdown archive. Hit me up. I'll send you the file. <laughs> Quote, there was something pleasant... About meandering from conversation to conversation, as if I had walked into my own home to find a conference in full swing. But I also wondered why did I let all these people into my house? Um, I would, I didn't particularly experience that sensation because, like, this stuff all feels very voluntary to me. But I have a privileged position to say that. Next quote, most important the, uh, the punch, the kicker, the uh, the home, the hum zinger, the home run. It is hard to shake the feeling that everyone in clubhouse is selling something, a company. A workshop, a show, a book, a brand. She's definitely onto something there. Except, honestly, if everyone was actually selling something, like as in, like all of these rooms resulted in. So I've been saying all this, and here's a uh, affiliate link to a book. That would be, be that would be better than what I'm talking about because that would at least reflect like a concrete. Like even if just even if it was the ho- even if it was the Amway shit that I experienced, where it's uh, people. Um, giving out vague advice with like very like emotionally manipulative uh, chart, like very manipulative, emotionally charged, in a manipulative way, um, like uh proverbs, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not but uh and then selling it for uh under the guise of it being something adjacent when it's really the primary product. Uh that would make more sense. And at least that would reflect the like, actual move, like capital moving. But I'm seeing all these people that apparently have work history and they're just and not, yeah, I'm gonna stop with rambling. Um, so I went off on a tangent there. And all I was trying to say really is no one I know is on Claude Bass, and that's odd uh before i had actually ever seen like clubhouse is an exception normally in like exclusive access shit um if i can't find a way to get myself in early um then i will at least like i don't know watch 45 seconds of someone using it or just to get a grasp of it with clubhouse i literally all i had was the the fucking headshots in the app icon that's all i had for reference and i the mystery it was I didn't actually occupy much of my thoughts, but, and I had what like the tech journalists that I follow would occasionally say about it and like Neil Patel, who is someone that like, I don't know, I think I, I don't know if I, if, if we are, well, it's similar, but I, I guess I would say that I, I think I can presume to say that I, I deeply understand his world outlook and like, I know him, I I know his voice his professional voice um and like i don't know if nilai N- has like literally never said something that in any way maybe oh that, hmm, that's odd just it's, it's not that he's predict well i guess he is predictable he's predictable that's fine anyway and yet looking back on i, I don't even i don't really remember what nilai said about clubhouse but he said some basically he had stopped in on a specific talk and then come out and I think he was bewildered but he didn't continue like I am um down that road because I think that it seems like like even this this very uh in depth and I think insightful um New Yorker piece maybe I'm getting old if I find the New Yorker coverage to be like the the pro- the leading Thing that i want to share i better give a subject tech subject but um like the gist is even even you know going deep in it and analyzing it and new the story and the experience um implicitly it's definitely like once this like this story is up now and i'm probably never going back on clubhouse that's like uh i know that the usership is falling and um like i'm not clubhouse is is not Specifically, is just the most alarmingly concentrated example of a, a phenomena that I'm. It exists across social networks. Okay, so yeah, nobody I know follows, or nobody I know uses Clubhouse. That was the gist. Um, and um, so yeah, let's do a nice split here uh and um move on to something else no let's move on to twitter just because it's uh, on the on the same line right going back to that first assumption that uh like no matter what no matter how you strategize no strat no there is tw- there is no winning twitter strat okay um and by that i mean if you like there is a strat that will produce results definitely um that you could make a fake persona uh attached to i don't know whatever like but like a real physical person image and you could break records in terms of how many followers you get um and and you could only follow one person and break ratio records and you could delete certainly delete the tweets that didn't perform well um and like rephrase and repeat the tweets that did and like shoot solely as your primary goal for using twitter service to simply maximize the amount of engagement uh or at least maximize uh, as a whole your analytics numbers to be the as peak favorable to um some like peak favorable to uh third-party ad services putting ads on your tweets that's the best way like peak favorable to to ad tech so um the most tantalizing desirable twitter account for these uh, automate like these ad buyers to have their tweets inserted next to um you could do that and it would be a lot of work actually like you could automate it definitely People have. Um, and you could blow up faster on Twitter than anyone ever has and have an account. It's got 18 million followers, but you failed. If there's any, like, you failed to use social media to add anything of value to your life um, other than, uh, I guess, social engineering skills. Um, and most likely, like, the likelihood that you even succeeded <laughs> going back, the likelihood that you would actually reach that point, you, me, uh, genius or not um, is very slim. And the toil for most of us required uh, would be significant. It'd be a lot of, I guess, sitting behind, uh, what are the fuck third party uh, proprietary services used now uh, to manage social accounts. I think, I mean, a lot of leveraging. Um, and uh, even, if, even if there were a financial gain per engagement, okay, you've still failed. There's a reason there's not financial gain her engagement on Twitter Uh, in like, again, not knowing anything about business, being very bad at business. uh, But having been on Twitter for 13 years, every day, uh, like, uh, yeah, that's not gonna happen. But even if it did, you would have still failed. And that's the reason why it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, Because the purpose for uh, social media sites and this Sounds naive, but uh, I'm starting to wonder if I'm going to have to like be really forceful about it because even the academics, uh, when they talk about social media, are just talking about like their their criti- critical side to the the big social uh, giants involves scraping and data. Okay, stop with the data. I get like I understand enough of the data to understand the general trends. Do you? Do you want me to go over there? Um, one sixth of the population of my species looks at facebook every day i've said this multiple times on this podcast okay something like 300 million see a twitter every day um that's yeah i guess i don't know them uh what can i tell you there are places in the world that definitely should have better internet access that don't um there are places in the world whose entire internet access has has become facebook controlled um there are places in the united states and certainly uh, people in the United States who, um, don't have internet access largely because even the cheapest option to them, um, is so much more than they would actually quote unquote need to do the most practical things that one does on the internet. Um, I guess it's considered awful now to have a three megabit per second down connection with like a 256 kilobit per second up. If that's if you've got a reliable connection that does that, uh, you you can again reliability is the important thing. But like you can still use most of the uh, infrastructural web just fine. Partially, we like a lot of it's old, and then the rest of it is optimized for that. Um, yeah. Again, I'm way off track. But uh, since I started talking about this, since I started like writing about social media, the internet has basically doubled or more in, in total bandwidth per unit you know, of time, right? Uh, and uh, yet the only people that we talk about are the top 0.5%. Um, and the only, like, they are more and more, um, well, I guess it inevitably, uh, no, not inevitably, because of the changes in Twitter, let's, because of Twitter becoming algorithmic, okay? Twitter started out. Is a SMS based, um, public broadcasting service. Okay. It was entirely based on text message, And, um, you could until ha- well, I'm going to start when hashtags came along. Cause I really, my Twitter history is actually mm, kind of a little rusty. Uh, when hashtags came along, that was a means of searching for anyone talking about a specific subject, whether it be time, Uh, dependent or not so um hashtag uh asteroid falling to earth right now this very second or hashtag gardening um or hashtag asteroid gardening um and when you search the hashtag you would just find a linear timeline of people using that hashtag um and uh god i'm trailing off here there is inherent value in the chronological the purely chronological um and uh in the basically in the non-algorithmic i mean you, i mean mastodon is an example um uh somehow uh even though i <laughs> neglect mastodon uh, i've managed to accumulate like 300 accounts that i follow no it's 500 accounts that i follow but like only a few like only 100 of those are active um in so, i've managed to uh craft this this space for myself where even though i rarely stop in mastodon uh and even though there is no like what you missed every time i stop in the content on my timeline is is, is like hilarious it's not stuff i just want to glance over it's like hilarious to the point where it stresses me out thinking about all the shit that i missed but then i realize how impractical it would be um But that's the thing when I do decide, okay, I'm going to fucking, I'm just going to read all of it. It literally is all golden. And when I I don't just mean funny, I mean, insightful, I mean, um, thought provocative, uh, I mean, like emotional, um, and expressive and diverse, uh, probably not in race quite as much as I'd like. So that is a big problem, but like, um, and well, like, um, that was Twitter. Uh, and, um, every time there's a critique of an outcome of social media or a change in the behavior as a whole on social media of, of, users, uh, the data is cited. Um, the, uh, algorithm is scrutinized and like the path that it, the path through the algorithm to the undesirable outcome is scrutinized over and over again by metamedia. Oh, uh, and then the solution is uh, abstractly always something algorithmic, especially coming from the from the companies who do actually have the problems themselves. We've let them do this. You know this already. You've heard that before. But like even from the uh, uh, like Meta Media, nonprofit uh, Neiman Lab, Columbia Journalism Review, uh, like even they just I mean pew pew man. Nah, we're trying to there but like citing data um is okay here you want a solution to the problem quote unquote the problem turn it off i've said that before either nationalize social media companies or split them up just nationalize them okay um enforce a 100 facebook outage and say mark no more delays you have to turn it off when you find the salute that when you find a way to fix it then you can turn it back on um Again, rambling because what I wanted to talk about is users. It's just so hard to talk about what I. What I. The core subject is people um, under the delusion, and I. It comes. It does not come from um, the the average. It doesn't come from the middle of the curve. Uh, People using social media under the delusion that they're working toward substantial financial gain, um, that's the primary thing. And then, adjacently, um, people designing their social media use in an ingenuine way, uh, an insincere way, regardless of of what the actual persona is, whether it's, you know, nice, quote unquote, or uh, Nazi, uh, that would be a bad it would not be an effective tactic. Uh, um, But uh, like that, is a fundamentally worth, like pointless endeavor, especially on Twitter. Um, and I would go so far as to say audio content too. Um, have I said that in enough ways? Can we get through that? Now, let me, let me look at my notes here. Um, here's a by design or not, the ratio fundamentally disincentivizes discovery. Discovery is the word that I need to bring up. Discovery, comma, sincere exposure to new perspectives. And indeed, most of what we constitute as quote, human connection. Okay, so I think I have let's talk about solutions surrounding discovery specifically. I'm and I I really wanted to do I still want to do an essay truly celebrating periscope. Um god, I would love to to like Interview. I would love to do a documentary, or at least the essay equivalent of a documentary to interview lots of people. Um, I would love to do that. Maybe I just need to like, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know when that's going to happen. I work so slowly. and I'm so sorry. Uh, but Periscope's magic is in that word discovery. And that is not a feature of social media. It's a function of social media. And I would argue it like the most basic basal function of a service that is like that is connecting what uh the platitudes connecting you connecting with others um that's discovery and periscope um i think was the most effective discovery mechanism uh i've ever seen and i'm going to describe it as if you have no idea what i'm talking about periscope was a video streaming app and a live video streaming app and the magic feature that it had was a google maps or a google earth style globe except without the topographical detail um that had little pins representing live broadcast and you could spin that world around and at any time pull up your phone open the app spin that world around i want to watch someone broadcasting live in um anywhere burma uh kuwait uh georgia the country um I, I'm an American and I've never been outside the country, so I'm not going to want to stop before I exhaust my list. <laughs> uh, but anywhere. Um, and you could pop in. And the way it was the last few years, not only could you start watching that person and then and start chatting with that person in text, um, if they had said it, and with just a few taps, you could start having a voice conversation with that person. Um, and yes, Periscope had a feature where you were like, so yeah, you would follow that person. I followed little, I think I followed basically everyone, like the weirdest Periscope, like the, like the most uncomfortable Periscope broadcast with one of the last three on the last night I came, like, I had no idea that, that like pornographic content existed on Periscope or the whole voyeur voyeur thing, uh, but I was like determined to, um, just be in a, a scope for the entire time. Uh, and I came across this one and it was this dude and like he was saying all sorts of sexual shit. And then he was like talking about like how he's gonna masturbate, or like the video was his face. But he's like, I'm masturbating right now. And then the one that he like showed a very like a very specific uh, flash of his his testicle bag, his scrotum. Uh, I think I still follow that dude. <laughs> um, no, actually, that might be my line. Mostly because he didn't actually say anything interesting or respond to any of the various like prompts that I was trying because they let me in. And I was like, trying to talk about like, in general, like, Oh, wow. So there's this like, you guys come on here and do this. Can you like, would you be comfortable with talking about why you come here as opposed to going somewhere else? And like, if I gotten any like actual um, conversation out of that, I would have followed him even like, but um, and like notifications were fucky. Uh, Frankly, like, I don't answer my phone calls. So I very, very rarely, uh, would be in a situation where like some even the people that I that I was closest with on Periscope just randomly when they randomly started broadcasting and I got the notification that I would pop in. Um, I don't think that's what it was like, honestly, I think that the, that bit could have notifications could could have just not existed for Periscope. Uh, and it could have just been the globe. But maybe I'm really naive. No, no, notif- like following definitely would have but uh, anyway, like, out of the thousands of users you follow, you maybe have notifications enabled for three. Um, and you can go back and watch them also for the broadcast, but um, discovery like is the ultimate weapon against filter bubbles. Um, and I'm like, I'm going to proceed. And I have actually a, I'm not qualified, uh, as I probably should have, in saying that like I understand that my immunity to, um, like my immunity to or my latin you know what it's, it's a la- just simply lack of vulnerability i think that's a better way to say it to most things being a cis white 20 something um glasses wearing uh computer man uh i under like i'm not saying that uh that you should be comfortable with continuing to follow that ronnie ayn rand guy um or that like or anything uh and i understand that i'm starting at a position of um lucky lack of vulnerability um but uh i don't like the norm um on twitter originally maybe it was because of the lack of people to talk with about stuff but like if i wanted did i say this in, in the episode <laughs> i think i tweeted on twitter this is my example on early twitter let's say i just had the inkling like i wonder if anyone talks about triumph motorcycles on twitter so i search hashtag triumph you know and i find like one guy who Sense like regularly talks about and hashtags his triumph um and i click on that profile and his bio begins with like i'm a motorcycle dude uh motorsports dude and then there's a div- divide or maybe not and then it's god fearing uh, america first uh pro-life or whatever um even some more of the like <laughs> I guess pro military, pro cop, whatever. Uh, well, if it was the only fucking guy talking about Triumphs and I wanted to talk about Triumphs with someone, I'm gonna add him cold at him reply to, to a picture of his bike and be like, dude, where did you get those fenders? And here's the thing. Okay. He can respond to that question and have a conversation about Triumph motorcycles without ever mentioning abortion. Okay. Um, I'm talking, I'm talking to you like an infant and I'm sorry, but, uh, I'm also talking to myself too, but like, um, I I don't understand. And I don't, it's, it's not just things were better back in the good old days. It was literally like, that was, isn't that what we're all here for? We are not here to leverage uh, our likes ratio to get more followers to leverage more. Um, Twitter is just like specifically <laughs> such an end, just not an end in and it of itself that it makes it. But like we're, if there's any fucking rational reason to to open the Twitter app ever, it's to add value to your life, add value to someone else's life, and uh, and I mean, I don't mean that in the I'm giving you money or advice even or um, I don't know, nudes. It could be as simple as, man, uh, I haven't talked to like, had anybody to talk to you about Triumph motorcycles from the 70s in a long time. And this dude regularly replies and I probably would hate him. And like, we could not hang out for very long. We could only hang out in the garage. But you know what? If all you ever talk about is Triumphs, you can continue that social connection. You can follow each other. And he might even tweet shit like, like really awful bigoted shit. Um, and you know what, you have tools to, I don't know, maybe he's when he's on a rant. Maybe during the whole Trump presidency you mute him. Uh he might notice probably won't. And then when the Trump presidency is over, you unmute him and see where he's at. And guess what? He's um like just cashed in his fucking retirement and it bought a uh a, a super bike and you like immediately upon seeing his new purchase, need to talk him down because you realize that he is out of he has lost perspective and bought something that he cannot handle to ride and be like, bro, Resume the conversation that's for eight years. Uh, Charles, dude, you know, I love bikes. You know, I love that thing, Reg- but you, you don't No, That's not correct. It's not what's going to bring you the most enjoyment. You need to step back like three tiers. I never talk about abortions. Um, this is not an original. This is a- anyway. Um, Oh, but I I, like, I should also note that like, uh, I'm trying to be transparent about basically everything, so you can see uh, all of my notes work voice notes as it happens because of the GitHub re- repository, and I'm finding ever new avenues of stuff to shove in there, um, but uh, I'm trying to be as candid as possible with my social media use, but they're like, there are dynamics and happenings and mistakes that I made in the past which i uh do not uh have the right to share willy-nilly because of other parties involved Um, uh, but i've done some really stupid shit by the way still do stupid shit uh most of what i remember uh a lot of the stupid shit that i've done has contributed to all of the things all the dynamics that i've ranted about up to this point i had an account um and i'm gonna Put in a pause here uh i think we'll close this clubhouse room because it's been open and no one's come in um and go back to the to the uh, uh raw but uh i had an account i had to pee I've never deleted any of the sweets. So I don't think uh, the drywall account as part of a greater thing, which I maybe will write. It'll be my trick mirror uh, one day, except that I don't know if anything will be getting Basically I, um, after a preteen who like polishing YouTube videos. Um, I feel like my new friend group gave me permission to not be so obsessive about everything that I did publicly. And I took that and my, and made my adolescent rebellion against the idea of worth in creative expression entirely so drywall was trying to make shit that had absolutely no meaning and a lot of that was volume and that was represented by like every t- for a long for a while for a good while every day when i get, would get home from high school the first thing that i would do to make sure to do is i would get on that i at i had to pee account and this is back when tweet deck would let you tweet with just the inner key and that's important uh and i would spam um you don't really need to hear it but you, why you might as well uh just uh until i hit the until i was in twitter jail like, like i hit the the limit um which was like I don't, I don't actually you know what i can't it's it would take like 10 minutes of just spam to do that and including Zalgo text and copying and, uh and i would make sure to hit that every day and the motivation behind that you know we'll de- dive deeper into that sometime but like that sort of shit definitely um didn't help can we say that all right And you just gonna take a break This is gonna sound bad. I've never done it from my desktop before. Hey, uh, it's how long, how much longer later? It's uh, July 19th, 2021, and I did not uh, do the second part of this episode, so this is it. There's a lot more to say on this subject, but right now, what's on the site, what's on World is uh, my Mastodon app guide, which is positive, and I don't wanna leave you Without something to soar to, so I'm gonna actually use Anchor's editor here and throw in a track. Okay, um, fuck you, Spotify. I'll will you'll hear from me soon now. Um, build your World.